When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Attention BetMGM customers. Have a friend who loves sports as much as you do? Here's a chance for both of you to earn a $50 bonus when they sign up through BetMGM's Refer-A-Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account and click on the Refer-A-Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, they'll receive a $50 bonus. And once your friend places a bet with their bonus and the wager is settled, you'll receive a $50 bonus as well. Share the excitement and get a $50 bonus every time you refer a friend to BetMGM. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Ohio only. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in 30 days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Hi folks, welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick. We're continuing our 25 years of presentations of uh, uh, these historical pods that we've been doing. Got a special guest for you today. Uh, you know him from a lot of different places. The Good Wife, uh, Sports Night, and you also know him as the narrator of A Football Life. Uh, Josh Charles here to join us and talk about the 2011 AFC Championship game. Josh, how you doing? Pretty good, Ken. How are you? Uh, I've got no complaints. Uh, you, you know, we did a little production meeting here, heard a lot of detail on uh, on your experience that day. But I kind of want to make sure people know you're a Baltimore guy, you know, through and born, through. Yeah, born and raised. Born and raised, grew up a Colts fan, you know, was devastated when they left. Um, it was a very complicated thing for me because my my uncle on my mother's side, my uncle Marty, who I love dearly, is a great guy. He actually left with the Colts. He would, became their uh, video director, right? So he he was one of the few that actually left with them. So it always it always uh, was I had very conflicted feelings about it because I hate the Colts and I never wanted them to win. But I I love Marty and I was always happy for him that, you know, he'd get a bonus or something if they did well. Um, and sometimes I would go and, you know, when he would come into New York and at the old stadium and they'd play the Jets and he'd be way up in that little, you know, that little yes. booth up in the middle of the, you know, in the sky. And uh, I'd watch game with him. And this was before, you know, the iPads and stuff where, you know, they were running it down and stuff. It was pretty cool. I got to experience that with him. 
grew up in Mount Washington. And, yeah. you know, we, we always talk about this, but Baltimore people always seem to know each other somehow. Yep. And sure enough, Josh, one of his good friends growing up, a guy he, he was close with, is Sam Skidmore, who was uh, is our personal trainer, who used to, <laughs> before it. the pandemic, come to our house and, and try and get us to exercise, which is a, a difficult chore in itself. But anyway. We, <laughs> I can we relate. Yeah, we appreciate having you on the show, Josh. So let's, yeah. let's start with start Sam. With I experience. love Sam Skidmore. We, we, uh, we, you know, he, he used to live near my grandma in Pickwick. Uh, and so I would spend a lot of weekends with her and, and Sam and I played every sport you could imagine. You know, we would, I just remember being in his room. We had those little, those little bats that you would buy from the stadium, you know, little small ones. And we play sock ball. We play balloon ball. We, I mean, anything we could hit, we would hit <laughs> we were on the same little, little league team. We played curveball. You know, we just were baseball obsessed and, uh, we had a, a lot of good memories hanging out with him. Yeah, that's definitely I grew up in a generation of very baseball obsessed fans that then got to appreciate the Burt Jones era. You're a little bit later than that since you're somewhat younger than me, but I uh, do appreciate those same things, no doubt. So let's let's talk about your experience in particular with this AFC championship game. Still one of the worst losses in team history in terms of how it affected us, I think. But uh, but there are some interesting things about that game we need to talk about. Yeah, I mean, you know, for me. There's something about that game, part of why when we were discussing about what what to, what game to talk about, why this one stuck out to me, because it was such a painful loss. Uh, I was devastated from it, as I think everybody was, because I thought we were going to do it that year. I really did, you know, and and to, to lose in the fashion we did. But I think there was something very galvanizing about that loss that led to the following year and and. And I, 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 I just don't think it's an accident that, you know, we exercised a lot of demons that next year. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a, you know, I was filming the Good Wife at the time, and uh, I was super excited about the game, talking to my dad about it. You know, he he, he was going to come up. The Ravens had a charter plane for some of the families and 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 fans and some people that could jump on it, and he got on that. And, you know, I took the train up to New York. I got up the night before, stayed in the team hotel, saw a lot of people that I know from the team. My friends had dinner. I, think I had dinner that night with, was it, with, with, with Kevin and... Um, Kevin Byrne? Uh, yeah, Kevin Byrne and, and Sal Palantonio. <laughs> that was the first time I ever met Sal Palantonio. And, uh, and, and, and Dick Cass, too. I think we had dinner. Uh, it was a super, you know... Uh, just everybody, you know, in the, in the, in the, in the vibe, Pete Gilbert was there, I remember, and, and, and Kevin Van Falkenberg and just, you know, he was my favorite writer at the time in the sun and, and, uh, gotten, become quite good friends with Kevin really, really admire his work. And it was just, you know, that great energy. You're up. I got a weekend. I, I come up to a game. It's a big game. There's the buildup, you know, maybe drank a little bit more than I should have. <laughs> Woke up the next day, um, you know, had some breakfast and um, somebody on the Ravens was like, you know, I was like, I don't even know how I'm getting out to the stadium. They're like, well, just jump on one of the early buses with the team. I was like, okay, you sure? Sorry. They're like, yeah, just go for it. So I did it. I jumped on one of the early buses. I had bought a very specific jacket. I didn't have a really warm jacket. And I, and I know you were there, Ken. You remember how cold it was. Yep. Tons of snow on the ground everywhere. And I, I didn't want to have like a big, big parka. So I brought one of those, you know, Arcteryx kind of really, you know, warm jackets, but it's not too bulky. And I was super excited about it. I had all my, 
my foot warmers and my hand warmers and just super jazz and got out there early, you know, got to get on the field a little bit, walk around the stadium, you know, just soak in all that atmosphere. Um, I think I went and did a pregame with, with, with Garce, was it Garceau? Yeah, with Garceau and, and someone else in the, in the parking lot, you know, came back, was super excited. Uh, my dad and all those gang, they all flew in. So I met my dad, we went to our seats. We were sitting with, uh, some people from the Ravens, um, you know, behind the infamous <laughs> goalpost and, uh, you know, and then, all the hoopla ends and the game begins and then takes on a different kind of energy. And, you know, you obviously, as everyone here listening knows what happened in the game, but, but it'd be interesting to kind of go through some of it. Um, I'm not an X and O guy like you, but you know, I, I do remember some key points. Um, where were you sitting during the game? So, so we, we sat at midfield and, and I uh, had nice 50 uh, yard line seats in the lowers. We always pay a little more and, and, and go and do that. Yeah. Uh, I saw your picture from the Raiders game too. It looked like the same <laughs> thing. You guys live it up. We, we, uh, yeah, we have fun. We, we, we're not denying ourselves. That's for sure. We, uh, we enjoy the, uh, uh, generally going on the football, football for the road, but I would say new England, Cleveland and Oakland have been the three places where we really have not enjoyed it as much. Even Pittsburgh, uh, people are fairly nice to us, but, uh, but really? those places yeah, have been bad. Wait. So, so the, the three again are new England, mm-hmm. uh, Cleveland, Cleveland. What was the third? Oak, Oakland. Oakland, Oakland in 2000 oh, was just horrible. God. Yeah. I've heard, yeah. yeah, I've heard, I've heard some stories about Oakland. I mean, I've heard, I've heard some incredible stories from the players about the things they see pulling in the bus, you know, when that team was in Oakland. I mean, you know, that, that just completely <laughs> blow away anything I've ever heard about just fans losing their minds. But you mentioned to me in the, in the, in the production meeting that you'd had a similar experience on your bus coming into the stadium, right? bus coming into the stadium for, for 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 going to that game did you have some rocking of the bus or something was going on with No that was at, that was after that was after okay. the game yeah that was Sorry, after the game Don't want to steal your no, thunder no, here No no you won't steal any thunder but the, the 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 bus was not rocking on the way in it was very smooth it was early I can't remember which players were on it Oh you know who was on that early bus I remember Paul Kruger right Okay right cuz then then he went to Cleveland the next year correct he had one more year with the Ravens, but situation, good situational pass rusher in 11, had his big year, breakout year in 12, played the Super Bowl, and then moved on. Gotcha. Okay. I, I, some, I had it off a year. But, yeah, and so, um, you know, it was just uh, – where were we? We were talking about – oh, you were saying – so we were saying about the game itself, right? I mean, what what are – what are some of your you know memories that stick out to you about the game? You know, so the the, the first half. I mean, I I, I guess I, my expectations were not necessarily that the Ravens would win, but the first half they were kind of matching score for score with the Patriots. Patriots got up three nothing. Ravens tied it. Patriots got up ten three. Ravens tied it, and then they went in thirteen to ten up at halftime. Not an insurmountable lead. You know, you still had hope uh, at that time. Belichick had never Belichick and Brady had never been lost a halftime lead. And they, mm. and in fact, that streak lasted until the next year when it was broken. Right. It was 68 and O they were leading at halftime. So wow. I, I think it's leading at halftime at home. I think that's what the, what the combination yeah, yeah. conditions is. So, uh, yeah. And then they, 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 the New England scored first. I don't want to go too much into the game because I think this is more about the, the experience than the game, but, uh, New England went up 16, 10, the Ravens went ahead 17, 16, then on the Torrey Smith touchdown, uh, right. the, of the end zone, they extended it to 2016. 
Uh, of course, Brady had that fourth and one uh, touchdown, uh, put him up 23-20. It was one, you know, the Brady had a terrible day. I mean, just he was a bit, rating was in the 50s, really badly outplayed by Flacco. But that touchdown obviously gave him the lead. They would they would not give up. Right. In the end of the game, Ken, right? I mean, that, that was where it went back and forth. Like, right, we, you know, mm-hmm. interceptions and we had about three opportunities there before the final infamous drive, correct? Yeah, exactly right. And, uh, you know, after the touchdown, they, they had a chance uh, and, and were, Flacco was intercepted with seven minutes to go, 7.32. New England turned the ball right back over. The very next play, uh, Jimmy Smith had the interception. You probably right. remember. And I, I remember, and, and what I remember at that moment was, you know, after our interception, the, uh, you know, the crowd was going bananas, right? Just bananas, which is understandable. I mean, I don't fault anybody for that. But they were rollicking like this game was over. And considering how we were played, my dad and I were going, this is a really cocky crowd. You know, the camera was panning up. And I remember, like, showing Steven, you know, Tyler next to Robert Kraft. And he's waving <laughs> the crowd. And I'm like, okay, guys, let's just let's calm down a little bit. There's some football left. Um, and uh, I was really hoping we could have, you know, sealed the deal there at the end after having to put up with that and see his mug on the, on the, on the jumbotron. Um, Sweet kind of drive right after that. And, and the Ravens moved the ball to the new England 33, but they had a fourth and six with two fifty three to go. Seemed like the last chance they'd get in this game. Flacco incomplete to Pitta. I think it was actually short of the sticks and kind of low. So it wasn't going to be a first down anyway. But, uh, you know, a bummer. And, uh, and they handed the ball over to Brady again with 246, needing only one first down. And you got to figure that's not a place you want to be. Mm-mm. How many timeouts did we have? Do you, do you remember at that point? Uh, let's see. They did not use any on that drive, apparently. Brady passed left for seven and then a run for minus one. Don't know if it was out of bounds or anything. Oh, then there was a two-minute warning. And then the, the incomplete pass, and this was the big one to me, was Ed Reed knocked down a pass headed for mm-hmm. Hernandez. There had been a lot of talk from Ed Reed about this being his last year. And Ed yeah. Reed, if you remember back to then, about, about from 2008 on, was retiring every year because he kind of really wanted to play on a two-year contract every year. Yeah, exactly. And, <laughs> and so they had to keep bringing him back. And so but I, I really thought after 11 that he might be done. And, yeah. and what happened was he knocked the pass down, and then he picked up the football, and he started to take it to the sideline. And I'm going, oh, no, what does that mean? Because I was already right. thinking, like, we're not going to have him in 2012. And then before he got all the way to the sideline, he flipped it to an official. And, and that was, right. a, you know, it was always good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> well, it's great. And then, you know, and then after that incompletion, we get the ball back. And where do we start that drive? So back at the Baltimore 21, and mm-hmm. it was completely a Flacco to Bolden drive. They did throw mm-hmm. one pass to Pitta for five yards, but then it was four passes, 13-9, 29-9 to Bolden, uh, just to move him down the field. And uh, yeah. I don't think Flacco was even looking for anybody else, frankly, at that point. Yeah. No, I, you know, I remember when we got down to – what down was it when, when, when it came down to the to – the, to the to the Lee Evans play. So they, had a, drive. they had the first and 10 play was they went to Bolden for nine yards to set up second and one. And there's still mm, 27 seconds to go when they snapped the ball. But there was a fumble at the end of that nine yard play and the ball went out of bounds. So it was another heart attack in there. Right. Right. People really remember that one. But that's a, you no, know, I, a I, I forgot it until just now. You're right. Oh, my God. Right. 
And then, and so it was, so that was, that was on the second and one. Second and one play. Yep. Right. And so now we're, so then we're back down. So we're first down then was the, no, Lee Evans I'm sorry, oh. nine yards, make second and one that sets up Lee Evans. Gotcha. Second and one sets up Lee Evans. And that was from what, what, where were we on the field? That 14 yard line. We're on the 14 yard line. And there was how many seconds left when he dropped that 20, ball? 27 seconds left when the play started. So 22 right. at the end of the play. Yeah. So 22 at the end of the play. And that made it, that made it, that was then third down, third and one mm-hmm. after that, correct? And then what did we do after that before kind of well, they, came out? Then? They did. Moore had another pass defense on a pass for Pitta, and it was short of the end zone is my recollection. I'd have to go back and actually see that. But that mm-hmm. one I thought there was more of a chance of interception. There was a quarterback hit on the play, so that always, always adds some drama. I want to go back to Evans, though, for a second, because you're sitting right down in that end zone. Yes. And, and this, you – well, no. I mean, this is to me that that whole game, first of all, I rarely sit behind the goalpost. So it was such an interesting perspective, surrounded by Patriots fans, not the a motley crew, I should say, not the nicest bunch in the world. Um, although there was one gentleman sat next to us. I can't remember his name, worked at AT&T, was very nice to me and my father. And, and, and the rest of our group that was there, we weren't obnoxious. We were just there, clearly Ravens fans cheering for our team. And, you know, most of it was okay, but there was definitely, there was definitely some knuckleheads there. And we went through that minute, you know, as they're coming towards us on the field. And we went thinking we're going to win this game, right? Flacco had been outplaying Brady the whole game. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, either just now or, or when we had the production meeting, just about, you know, Brady didn't have that great of a game. You know, Flacco was playing well. And we thought in the span of a minute, we're going to win this game. Lee Evans misses the pass. I mean, I know it's stripped out of, out of his hands, but you know, we're behind him. So we don't see it quite as well as, you know, maybe you did on the 50, Mr. Hotshot, you know, I, I, um, I didn't see it well either. I'll tell you my story after you're done. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we went from thinking, you know, if you think about that, the, the, the rush of emotions, okay, we're, we're going to win the game. Then you reminded me there was another play after that, which I don't even remember because it was all a blur now to we're going to tie the game mm-hmm. kind of comes out, you know, and to, we lost the game in the span of, you know, 30 seconds. Right. Mm -hmm. And I never, I'll never forget when he kicked the ball, we're literally 20 rows up, whatever, right behind. And so that's actually, you know, or not maybe right behind, but like off to the left a little bit is what I remember. We're off to the left. That's what it was. Just, just to the left of the, of the goalpost about 20 rows back. So if you think about it, that's a kind of weird angle sometimes to see. Right. And there's just everybody screaming. I mean, it, and it went, what I remember is things kind of went into slow motion. It was very surreal. And I, I remember talking to afterwards, he had the same feeling. It was like, we thought he had made the kick, but he clearly didn't. And then you just were in slow motion, like you were in quicksand and you were looking around, everybody's cheering and you just go, oh, wow, that really just happened. That really, really just happened. And um we were all sitting there while everybody was gloating around us and had to walk through the stadium. And I remember Pam, I uh, used to work with the Ravens and, you know, and she was very upset and in tears and people were being jerks on the way out. They weren't, I mean, I can't, I don't want to speak about every fan. Obviously there's a lot of really decent and good Patriots fans, but the, 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 the group we saw on the way back to their charter bus 
to take them back to the airport, uh, you know, the staff and the, and the friends and family was, uh, was not the, not the, the, the greatest bunch. And, you know, just a lot of heckling. And we went back, uh, to their bus because I realized, you know, I came from New York. I took the train. I had to film the next day. So I had a train, the latest train I could get out of Providence where I was staying. I left my luggage at the hotel. I had no way to get from Foxborough back to Providence. I, it was one of these things where I was like, I'll figure it out. And so I basically said, I'll jump on this bus with the, you know, the, the, the family and staff that's going back to the Providence airport. And when I get to the airport, I'll take a cab back to, to Providence. So we, we got on the bus very somber bus, you know, uh, remember Patriots fans shaking the bus. This is what you mentioned earlier. They were mm-hmm. shaking the bus cause they, you know, someone saw us get on and knew we were Ravens fans. It's so they're shaking the bus. And one guy like ran on and, and a fight almost broke out, you know, because I don't remember who it was. I was too devastated to engage in any physical contact at that point. <laughs> I just sat there numb, but somebody on the bus was about to whoop somebody's ass. And, that de-escalated, and then we waited for everybody to come because obviously people were sitting all around the stadium, which felt like an eternity. And then the bus, you know, went in the cold snow. We had a police escort and dropped them off. And, uh, you know, I got off the bus with them. I hugged my dad goodbye. We both said, hey, you know, we tried to have a sense of humor about it. It is what it is. You know, it's it's a game. But we both knew that wasn't really true. <laughs> and uh, they, I said goodbye. And then I asked the police officer, you know, who, who had given the, the bus, the escort. I said, hey, do you, uh, you know where I would go catch a cab? I got I to get back to Providence because I had to catch a train. And he's like, well, downstairs. He's like, but you know what? Once they're inside, I'll just, I'll take you. You know, he's like, I'm off. So I don't, I don't mind. It was really nice. And, uh, you know, one could say very fitting that I drove in a police car, which is kind of fitting of my mood at the time back to Providence (laughs) with this very, very nice police officer who was clearly a Patriots fan, but a very cool Patriots fan, very gracious. And we talked about the game and back and forth and got to Providence in the snow, shook his hand, thanked him, went to the hotel, grabbed my bags and trudged my, you know, my my pathetic self with my bags in the snow all the way from the hotel, which wasn't too far, but in the snow with the bags, it it, it definitely felt like eternity as well. And uh, got to the train station. As I'm standing out there outside the train station before I'm about to go in, I look and I I see what's what looks like a very familiar face coming towards me, and I'm like, can this be? This can't be what I think this is. This can't be who I think this is. And it was. It was the director of that current episode for the good wife nelson mccormick who had directed a bunch <laughs> of the episodes of the show it's a very big patriots fan also a very nice guy and you know i'm just a fan of his team and he wanted to go up and he caught the game and so of course i have to see him and of course then we get on the train together and of course we sit next to each other and of course you know i have to be as gracious as i can and defeat and uh you know congratulate him and tried desperately to get a beer and just put my hat down and try to pretend to catch some sleep. So I don't have to talk anymore. (laughs) And, um, and it was, you know, what was interesting was that, you know, when somewhere on that train ride, you know, I, I brought myself, which I normally don't do. I don't know how it is for you. I mean, it's, it's obviously not that way for you because you do this podcast and you're always talking about the games and, and the ins and outs of the games win or lose, which is always impressive to me because when the Ravens lose, I don't want to read crap 
I don't want to read shit. I don't. I don't want to read anything. Right. When they win, you know, I, I you can't you can't keep me away from the computer. You know, I will be there. So I want to read everything. And, you know, even after a few days, normally I'll even after a loss, I'll I'll ease up and I'll start to peek and look and I want to. But, it, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm wounded. Right. Like all of us fans. And so I, I need to take a, a moment. But I remember peeking and I was, you know, on the phone and I was watching, you know, on Twitter and stuff and, and seeing the interviews and seeing, you know, the images of the team and how the team was handling the loss. And the next day I got back and I was intrigued by that. I was watching it more and reading the Ravens website and watching the videos of Ray in the locker room and, and, and Harbaugh and everybody just talking and, and, and just how, I was just really struck with, you know, how, how the team was handling such a brutal defeat. Uh, it, it meant something to me. And I, and I, I, I just, I, I, I felt so strongly about it. I, was, I just felt this, this incredible sense of pride about our team, our city. And, you know, that kind of loss could have unraveled people. You know, you could have had on sportsman like at the end of the game, you know, people could have mm-hmm. just lost it. And you'd, you'd kind of understand it was such a, such a devastating uh, blow, but, we didn't. And part of why I picked this game when, when, when you, when you, when you and I were talking about which game was because it was that moment that really resonated with me, you know, and so much so that I actually, you know, I, I wrote coach Harbaugh uh, a note about it, um, you know, after, and I try to, you know, I, I try in my life because I, I happen to know a lot of the people on the Ravens and, and, and some players, but a lot of the people, you know, in the organization and I'm proud of the organization of the way it's run. I think it's a bunch of really good people. Um, I think we have one of the best organizations in sports, you know, and I, I, I love our city. And so I, these people feel, I feel close to them. So I feel when we lose, I have this torn thing. I'm a fan, but I also feel bad for the people because I know how hard they work and, and the time and the hours they put into it. And however bad I feel, they feel a hundred times worse. <laughs> but in this, in this way that we handle defeat, I think was a real, was a real galvanizing and uh, moment for the team. And I think it's no accident that we ended up, you know, that next year uh, back there in that same place. And I think this really started it. In fact, you know, I'm going to read the little note I, I sent to John because I, I found it on my iPhone when we were going to do this and talk about this. Uh, I said, uh, Coach, I know yesterday was a tough loss for all of us, but I felt the need to reach out and express to you how grateful I am you're our head coach and how damn proud I am of this team. They, is that a dog? <laughs> is that your dog? I yes, unfortunately, I'm muting it here. Okay, great. I'll, 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 so uh, I wanted to reach out and express to you how grateful I am you're our head coach and how damn proud I am of this team. They battled their hearts out and came up short. As we both know, it happens sometimes in sports. But what really made me proud and why I wanted to reach out is the way you and the team handled the loss after the game. Maybe now that I'm a bit older, I'm more appreciative of the character of the team. Matters to me who we are and not only who we are when we win. I thought you handled this difficult loss with a tremendous amount of grace and class as a team together. It was moving to see and hear that tonight, and I believe it will only make us stronger moving forward. I read this quote from F. Scott Fitzgerald on the train back to New York, and I thought it was fitting. Quote, don't confuse a single defeat with a final defeat. Best, Josh. And, you know, that next year, you know, we know what happened, right? 
historic run in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. It you know the AFC championship game in the same location, different result, and we went on and we won the Super Bowl. And I feel like you know that that year after that, you know, given that I I, I narrate the football life and then the Ravens had asked me would I do the would I do the the DVD that they were going to put out when they win the Super Bowl, you know, which has highlights of the whole year of all the NFL films coverage and, you know, leading up to the playoffs and the Super Bowl. And, and, and I was happy to do it, of course. And when I did it, I, I remember it opens up with exactly what I was talking about, you know, with, mm-hmm. with that moment the year before oh, in yeah. that locker room when we lost and Ray and, 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 and that to me, um, I don't know. It just says something to me. You know, there, there's no accident that we were back there in that same place. Yeah, the, the quote I love from from Harbaugh that relates to exactly that fact: the 11 to 12 transition is the the days are long, but the years are short. And yep. they found themselves back. It seems like the next day, almost in in the in the same spot. To you know, that. he's the same of that poetic nature that I just heard from your he, tweet. John. He does, but you know, but it's true, man. I, there's something about there's something about Harbs, man. I just I love that guy. I really do. I I, I feel like it's one of the best things. You know, what a great hire that that mm-hmm. Steve Bashotti had. I think just Harbaugh is a fantastic coach, and I think he just he continues to evolve and impress. And I just feel like the the more the more patina that you that gets on him, that the more I like watching his press conferences and just the way he engages with the with the press, with the team. Uh, he's just a great leader, you know. And and I I really do, you know. I I, I just I love this football team, you know. I'm with him, win or lose. And this was a game that uh you know will always stick out to me, even though it was a horrible experience. It led to a lot of great things, and I think there's something to be learned from that. Yeah, I, I'm I'm really impressed kind of intrigued by the fact that that they the, the folks want to talk about the 2006 playoff loss they want to talk about the 2019 playoff loss and they want to talk about this game more than just about any other nobody's nobody's asked me yet to talk about the 2000 Tennessee win which to me is one of the really big franchise oh my wins God. Ever, but, you know it's that's uh, one of the greatest that's one of the greatest wins <laughs> of all time i mean that was incredible i mean taking the ball from Eddie George and running it in for a touchdown and the whole, the, also the whole backstory there with Billick and, you know, you don't go in there like Banshee, <laughs> there you, go. <laughs> you know, and just how, how that the Tennessee team or the media, whomever, you know, took that and sort of spun it to sort of get the crowd in a frenzy. And he was pissed off. I remember, you know, Jeff, uh, what was it? What's, what's the coach's name? Jeff, the, um, the, the coach for the Titans at that time. Oh, Jeff Fisher, Jeff Fisher. Right. And so remember Jeff Fisher, whenever, I, I, he used to do this thing where it was like, he'd do this with his hands. Ken, you know, it was like, to make this like, it was like, I don't know if it was like when they scored or something, it always made me crazy. And I used to love to, whenever we were playing him in a game and, and the opposite happened, I would make that, that hand to the TV. Um, it's just amazing. The kind of, the kind of enemies that you create in your head of people that you'd probably really like if you met in person, you know, because I remember like our, are you know at the time the year that that John uh, the year that John was hired for the Ravens? If you remember the the catch that year was Jason Garrett, right? That was right. who everybody wanted. He was the offensive sort of kid, and I think the Ravens even made a splash. And maybe you know he didn't want to come to Baltimore. He ended up staying right in Dallas. 
they thought they had him, and then I guess they got they got him hired away by Dallas at that. Right, point. and so yeah. I remember just thinking, you know, watching Dallas sort of just muddle around all those years, thinking like, man, Jason, what a putz, you know what I mean? Like you had the opportunity to come to this great organization, and you know what? As an actor, I understand this too. There's things I've turned down that people have gone and done, and 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 you know, it's really done incredible things for them. And, and I think I've had the same experience with things that you never know. Right. So, so it wasn't, it wasn't the right move for him at the time. And so I, but in my brain, I always created this sort of image of him as like a kind of a jerk, you know, cause I was like, why would you not want to come to Baltimore? You know, this is such a better. And then I met him at like, you know, at the year of the Super Bowl was in New York and you know, I met him. One of the nicest guys I've ever met in football. <laughs> right. So smart, so well-spoken, so funny, so charming just a great dude. Absolutely great dude. And, uh, you know, I just, I always, I always laugh about that. Cause I'm always, you know, you always think, you know, especially in, the, in team sports, you know, you, it's so great to project who your enemies are, but most of the time they're people that if they were on your squad, you'd like them. <laughs> and we, we need to have rivals though. Josh, yeah. really appreciate you coming on for the show. Absolutely terrific thing. Well, what are you working on now? Project wise? Uh, right now I'm actually, currently shooting in, in Baltimore. I'm doing a limited series for HBO called We Own the City for David Simon and George Pelicanos. Uh, and uh, we you know, we started in July and should finish sometime in November. Uh, it's about the gun trace task force story that I'm, you know, sure. Oh, wow. A lot, a lot okay. of Baltimoreans are familiar with. So, but it's been great. You know, I haven't worked in Baltimore proper uh, since my first movie, which was John Waters Hairspray in 1986. 85, I think is when we shot it. Uh, and, you know, I've always wanted to work there, you know? And uh, so this opportunity came to me and I've always wanted to work with David and George. And I had followed Justin Fenton, who's the crime reporter for the sun. I'd followed his reporting on this story, you know, uh, you know, and, and, and so new was very, you know, intimately aware of the story. And I always thought, God, this would make such a great film or a series. It's so cinematic. It's a wild West. I can't believe it. And then, you know, Justin wrote a book, and they optioned the book and they made it. And so it just, it, it feels great. It's been great to be home. I'll be able to catch a couple games. I haven't been to a game in Baltimore. Well, I actually went to the Saints preseason game, but I don't count preseason. Mm-hmm. I've been to a proper game in Baltimore in two seasons now, you know, the COVID year, obviously. And then the year before I was in Vancouver shooting another TV series. So I, I wasn't able, I went to the Seattle game that year, but I used to go to a lot of games, you know, and now that my son's getting into an age where, you know, I think this is going to be his first year I bring him to a game. He's old enough now and ready for the noise. And so, you know, this next month or so, I'm going to be able to catch a couple games in Baltimore. And I'm super excited about it. Very cool. So you're going to be Monday night, maybe for the Colts. I'm going to, I'm going to try to come down. I'm going to try to come down. I'm trying to think if I, if I come down, I actually got to talk to my pop about it today. Like my son has a school off that day. And for some reason, the next day, uh, and so he could come, but I'm worried about how late that would be, you know, for almost seven year old. I don't know. I think he'd be excited, but he, he'd probably get pretty tired by the end of the game. So I, I really want to go to that game. And if he wants to come, maybe I'll bring him. And you know, if he falls asleep, he falls asleep <laughs> or he could stay home and watch it. And, and I'll, I'll go. All right. Well, uh, just how Sandy have you on people can talk football with you on Twitter. Always. They always okay. do that. And you I are football. At, you saw Mr. Josh Charles. Yeah. I mean, you'll, you'll laugh at this, that the most recent one before we go, we'll end on a funny note. Okay. Cause this will make you laugh. I don't know if you saw this on Twitter, but let me see. Broncos 
what's that what's the web the the one that did this hold on ken you got, you're gonna you're gonna laugh i promise you. okay broncos um they it was called broncos three five six or something hold on here they go here we go so they go um they they wrote about this 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 I think it's a Broncos local team, right? They wrote that, um, okay, it's Denver Broncos 365, at Denver Broncos 365. They wrote two days ago, the Ravens will be at almost full strength Sunday. (laughs) The Broncos will likely be without Jerry, Judy, KJ Hamler, Josie Jewell, Bradley Chubb, Ronald Darby, Dalton Risner, Graham Glasgow, and Michael, I don't know how to say his name, not good. So I retweeted it with saying, almost full strength, question mark, what have you been smoking? Because I want some. And, you know, I like to mix it up. I never heard back from them, but I, I do think that's pretty laughable. Yeah, they've been, they've been, I think they responded to the, the Ravens verse in general who was complaining about that tweet. It was obviously fairly silly that the Ravens are not injured, but uh, John, <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. You've been a great guest. And this is just the kind of kind of difference of, of viewpoint we like to have. You know, the experience of the game is very interesting for a lot of people remember the pain. But uh, but the, the way you laid out the experience for us is really something different. It's great, man. I really enjoy listening to your podcast. I learn a lot from it. And I, I always check in. And especially with all the driving I've been doing lately, I've been listening to you a lot. And uh, I enjoy it. So keep up the great work. And it was, it was fun to be here. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you next time. On Take care, stuff. Ken. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T R Y L I F E M D.com. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 
Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.